Welcome back, and you got it. It's a podcast in a car. Listen, on the heels of pre-gabbling, which is um, Lyrica and Gabapentin, the Ronson brand, I'm going to talk about another drug that has some overlap. And it's a uh, drug pretty much near and dear to most practitioners that have practiced over 20 years. All right, let's go back. Timeline. 1975. Marcus Welby. Pretty good TV show. He had his office in his house. Um, He was a kindly man. Wore a white lab jacket. Uh, Was always solving incredibly difficult medical problems and saving lives. That was a popular TV show. Here, somebody comes to his house, rings the doorbell, goes into his office. Um, Marcus Welby. Yes, ma'am. How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, What can I do for you? You been okay? Well, to be quite honest with you, I've had uh, problems with my shoulders, and it goes down the center of my back, and I'm thinking I've got some kind of problem with my spine or my disc and I can't sleep and I'm not thinking right during the day because I'm not sleeping at night and I'm just miserable and I'm just getting depressed this pain is getting worse sometimes I have pain in my hips and it moves around okay Marcus Welby I see well, let me run a battery of tests. So, back then it was a battery. Who came up with that name? All right, it was a battery of tests. Um, what shall I test? Well, it depends on what you had then, right, Marcus? Well, okay, I'm going to look for uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and of course we'll check your thyroid. So, in 1975, we went ahead and we got a, a sed rate, sedimentation rate. We could do that. Uh, ANA and RA, anti-nuclear antibodies and rheumatoid uh, factors, things like that. Well, you could kind of get it, get it some places, but you usually had to send it out. Um, that was that was a test for rheumatoid. It looks like it's pretty reliable. You might be getting some rheumatoid action if you come back positive there. But what's positive? We're still learning the limits of what is high, what is low, because most lab tests go on a bell-shaped curve. So the bottom 5% and the top 5% are um, usually kind of not where you're going to be finding anything or finding a lot of things, not making any sense. But you want to be somewhere in the middle of the bell-shaped curve if you're normal. Normal what? Normal thyroid. What do, what do you do if you have an abnormal thyroid? Marcus Welby. I'm thinking we, we ought to put you on uh, this thyroid medication. We crushed up thyroid back then. And we gave it to folks. Um, and we realized what thyroid medication needed to be, levo, meaning left, or levorotatory, that's the way the molecule's oriented, thyroxine, and thyroxine, of course, sounds like thyroid, and we're learning about T4, TSH, T3, um, 
We don't need to know about that now. But we're learning about that. Um, let's send these off. Everything came back okay. All normal. But there's this pain that's kind of going all over. Now, before the American College of Rheumatology in 1980 said 18 tender points, uh, extensive myofascial pain. What does myofascial mean? Well, there was some odd definition. It's completely changed now. Uh, and this um, problem that she's describing with thinking foggy all day. We don't know what it is, ma'am, but you might have some muscle spasm. I'm going to give you diazepam or Valium. Back then it was still branded. Uh, Valium was called Mommy's Little Helper. How about that for something you would never say now? Um, And that's how it was marketed, Mommy's Little Helper. So benzodiazepines came out um, as sedatives, and to just kind of settle people down, appease them, uh, the true defined diagnosis of fibromyalgia or myofascial pain or um, a lot of these invisible pains, they, they weren't spoken of much and they weren't really placed on the card. What do you mean the card? The medical record back then in an uh, office-based setting was usually on a little 3 by 5 card. Then it might go in a folder, it might not, and they would write a, a couple little notes down, and that would be that. As far as insurance companies go, nope. Uh, you might file with an insurance company. Blue Cross Blue Shield looked nothing like it does now, and... Neither do the other carriers. Medicare and Medicaid were kind of finding their way. Medicare really only came around in 64. So it had a ways to go to get figured out. And they were just figuring it out back then. So, all right, Marcus Welby. Ma'am, I don't have a good explanation right now, but I understand you're having trouble sleeping. A little bit of depression, I understand. I have this medication that I'm going to prescribe to you called amitriptyline or Elevil. Elevil's brand name. It was still branded. And so they prescribed Elevil, 1975. Well, it was a good drug, right? It was a good drug. It helped with sleep. Very promising with muscle types pain or myofascial pain. This widespread pain that was not clearly understood or defined by the American College of Rheumatology. By the way, fibromyalgia is not a rheumatologic disease. It is in their purview, of course, but um, it's it's not inflammatory. So, maybe. Anyway, so amitriptyline or Elevil is prescribed. That's the drug. So, it helped with depression. We knew that. Uh, We also knew that this class of drug called tricyclic antidepressants was a little tricky to use because it caused dry mouth, dry eyes, constipation, not so good in the elderly. They have enough problems with constipation and they could get small bowel obstruction. Got to watch it in glaucoma. They didn't know much about the cardiovascular side effects or risk at that time. That wasn't really known about, but it is now. It was good with headaches, too, and this other widespread type pain that is being described in uh, the good doctor's office. 
is headache. It helps with irritable bowel, too. You know what I'm kind of alluding to? It was probably one of the first drugs that helped with neuroinflammation. It was um, developed in the very early 60s, released in 61, and was a good groundbreaking drug. And it had its place. It had a good place to be. But over time, we also knew we had to watch it with liver problems and porphyria. Porphyria has to do with the liver. Um, we had to we had to really watch out um, with folks that had uh, sexual dysfunction, particularly males, because that that was a big deal. That was a big deal to them back then. Uh, there was no way out. <laughs> there was no uh, '90s wonder drug uh, called Viagra. And uh, we had the advantage that this drug was oral, but it had a very, very small window. And what I mean by a window is there's a very small therapeutic level in the blood between minimal side effects, good clinical response to some things, antidepressant effect in the window, and unwanted side effects. So that window with tricyclic antidepressants was was really a drag. Um, but uh, long live Elevil. It's a World Health Organization um, essential medication. It's been around long enough and used long enough. Generic, cheap, and known so well that it's used throughout the world for so many different things. All right. Now... I, on the heels of podcast about gabapentin and pregabalin, they've all but eliminated Elevil, but it's still a Elevil's still got a place. It's still a useful drug in uh, many clinical situations, and I see it in low dose the 10 milligram, 25 milligram. This is not medical advice, this is a, a show about medical information. Um, and the low dose, you get minimal side effects. You get some sedation, sleep, sleep is improved, uh, maybe stage four sleep is improved, which we want. It does seem to help a lot of the symptoms with fibromyalgia, but it is definitely not a first choice, Marcus. Um, no, Dr. Welby, uh, we've moved on. We are now using the gabapentinoids and finding them to be far superior for many of these symptoms, which have to do with neuroinflammation, central nervous system, the world according to me, where those myofascial pain bumps are a peripheral manifestation or an outside manifestation of a central nervous system problem, or in other words, a pain from inside out, not outside in. There's nothing wrong with the muscles. You're right. Dr. Wellbeing. There's nothing wrong with the muscles here, man. Um, but we're not going to give we're not going to give a benzodiazepine. Um, it isn't a problem with anxiety, and that's what diazepam was all about. That was a blockbuster diazepam. But um, Elavil still pretty much is. It's I think the 80th most. Uh, commonly prescribed med in America so it's out there and it's a I mean it's it's useful it's used in neuropathy pelvic pain diabetic neuropathy facial pain it's used with headaches this myofascial pain 
I mentioned irritable bowel. It's used with all those things. And it really is um, easy to get. It's everywhere. So another little caveat Marcus didn't know at the time was because about oral contraceptives because in the 70s we we're just learning about oral contraceptives um they were very very important to a lot of folks but we didn't understand it as well as we do now the uh epidemiologic studies and the outcome studies and you can increased Elevil as much as 90% on oral contraceptives. We didn't understand the liver and how metabolism worked as well at the P450 system. It's a 2D6 drug. Um, it, it can interfere with other drugs that go down that pathway. So if you're going to take Elevil or amitriptyline, um, be sure and let your healthcare provider know everything you're taking, from goody powders to um, the uh, over-the-counter St. John's wort, whatever. Um, please, just uh, don't think that just because it's over-the-counter, it's benign. That's not how it works. So anyway, you know, um, Marcus used that drug, and through his career... Uh, to the um, early 80s when he retired he had a he had a good strong drug because we didn't see the gabapentinoids until 1994-ish ish. and so we relied on other tricyclic antidepressants that were developed I'll speak to those as well we talked about um, the importance of uh, drug interactions and side effects Marcus Welby knew some of those side effects because this drug was prescribed in great abundance to the elderly. And back then, uh, Marcus Welby used very few opioids. Opioids, you know, Tylenol 3. Um, if you've never heard of Darvacet, Darvon with uh, acetaminophen, a great drug. And that was a staple. Darvon, Demerol, that was a staple. These drugs are kind of going away. Darvacet's gone. Demerol's going away. So Marcus had a whole different armamentarium. Marcus also didn't do trigger point injections. He probably had nothing uh, in the knowledge bag about TENS units, myofascial release, physical therapy, increasing activity level, exercise, etc., etc. Those were not in his medical bag. So, hey, we've come a long way, but the drug is still used a lot. It's still important. And, you know, don't hesitate using it. It's um, a useful drug. I just I just like go low, go slow. That's, that's how I like it. And keep in mind it's a serotonin, norepinephrine drug. Uh, keep in mind it's got a little bit of a dopamine effect. So you're going to have the side effects with those you know, the norepinephrine may raise blood pressure a little. And all the other side effects you get. Just know them. That's all. You know, know thy drugs. Rule four. And um, on my way pot roast tomorrow night. It's going to be an ice storm. So I'm going to go to Publix and get uh, ready for that. And I uh, appreciate. Um, please uh, send some stars in if you would. I'd really appreciate going to iTunes. Uh, rate, review. Uh, send me some 
uh, words of uh, question or if you want something else um, for me to talk about. This is this is what somebody wanted to hear. Uh, you go to a pain information, leave me a little note. And uh, I um, have started uh, pain information YouTube. I'll do a little on... Uh, Elevil on or imatriptyline on it as well. Now I'll include some of the other uh, tricyclic antidepressants because they're um, they're important. Um, they all have their their personality. I call it, you know, personality. That's what they are. They all have their unique side effects, their indications, uh, comorbid disease effects, um, and what they really work on. So uh, we'll be touching on that and. Um, I uh, hope everybody is well, and we're getting through COVID slowly but surely. And uh, I've got my vaccination, and by the way, I had zero side effects. I knew others that had some problems, and I won't tell you which vax I got. But uh, it's going to be individually variant. And I I will just say one thing about COVID, that I, I have to go way back to my Marcus days. Uh, Marcus Welby days. I didn't practice out of a house, but I, I'll, t- I'll tell you. <laughs> when I go back to my virology training, what little I had probably and less that I remember, uh, somewhere in there in the vacuoles of my brain, I call it room 54. It's way back in one of those rooms where you store stuff. It gets a little dusty back there. I remember them teaching us in med school that if you have an inflammatory response to an antiviral because some of them were really rough back then um, you're getting a response that the immune system um, sees and the, the uh, vaccine and is reacting appropriately to the vaccine probably getting your antibodies up or whatever it is so um, a little bit of side effects maybe not so bad um, do I know that for sure? Nope. Uh, does anybody really know that for sure? Nope. I've looked. And <clears throat> anyway, everybody, um, just uh, practice common sense. Of course, wash your hands. Of course, stay away from people. Mask until they say don't use masks. Herd immunity is a long way off from right now. Yeah, February 19 or 2021. Um so don't count on that in the near future. And uh, I just have a feeling that the 90-plus percent Pfizer-Moderna response is going to start coming down a little as we get to know the uh, vaccines a little better, which is okay. It's okay. Remember, some of these flu vaccines were pretty low at one time or another. But that doesn't mean they didn't save a bunch of lives. Um, talk it over with your healthcare provider. Uh, do that first. If you have an immune problem, if you have a reason to not get it or a reason to get it, um, strongly consider it. But that is a medical decision that you have to do in connection with uh, somebody that knows you well. Other than that, uh, there it is. I see it, the uh, big green sign, and um, I'm going to be running in here. You all take care of yourself, and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye.